Hey there, welcome to the Next Level Nutrition Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Long, business coach for nutritionists. I help nutritionists just like you create and launch their business and sign their first high-paying client. In this podcast, you'll learn practical strategies to start and grow your nutrition business that you can implement right away. You'll also hear from a ton of guests who have started their own thriving nutrition businesses and share what they've learned throughout their journey. Let's get started. Well, hello there, my friend. I missed you so much. (laughs) I wasn't here with you last week, and I'm so sorry about that, but I'm so excited to come to you this week with a special Q&A episode. And um, just a little bit of background, last week was super busy for me. I didn't have the opportunity to record a podcast episode, and I knew that you guys would understand because what I'm all about is not creating more stress um, or burnout for ourselves while building a business. You know, we have to do what we can do to the best of our ability, and when um, time gets a little rushed or we put too much on our plate, you know, it's not worth overwhelming ourselves. So at some points, even when it comes to having to record a podcast episode, meet with a client, um, do another big project, whatever it might be, if it doesn't seem doable, it's okay to step back. It's okay to set boundaries. It's okay to say no. It's okay to cancel. Um, I just want to remind you that. And I really had to talk myself through not doing an episode last week because I felt like I was letting you guys down. But I know that you guys understand that and I wouldn't be honoring myself um, and what I teach you guys if I push myself um, to the edge to get that ready for you guys. So I'm so excited to be here this week again for that Q&A episode. And this one's really special because what I did was actually reach out to you guys on social media and ask you, you know, what questions do you have about starting your nutrition business? So I was really lucky to get a ton of responses from you guys. And what I'm really going to do today is just dig into all of these questions and give you guys um, a response to all of them and just really kind of go through those common things that I'm asked on a daily or weekly basis. And it might be some questions you've had yourself. And I just really want to go through them for you. So um, let's get started with the Q&A. Okay, so the first question that I got, which I get honestly, every single day, or I hear it in some way, shape or form is where do I start? Where do I start with my nutrition business? What is the first thing that I need to do? So I have a few different ways I want to answer this. But number one, the best information or the best advice I can give you is to get clear on who you want to help. So this doesn't necessarily mean that you have to jump right into getting into a specific niche or focus like um, digestive health, adrenal health, helping women, helping uh, people in sports, like being more of a sports nutritionist, you know, that is great. But if you're not at that place yet, I just want you to get clear on what is the why? Why do you even want to help people? And what do you want to help them with? So maybe this is even you want to help them more with easy, practical nutrition advice. You want to help them with meal planning and prepping. You want to help, um, you know, demystify um, all of the things that come up about nutrition. You want to bust some of those myths. Um, Maybe you want to help them take really complex um, nutrition facts and research and science and break it down into a really simplistic way. So that's one way of approaching it. Going deeper is, you know, who are you actually going to help? So is it those people with digestive issues or adrenal issues? But 
any type of clarity when you first getting when you're first getting started is going to be the most beneficial thing that you can do. So again, this could look at like what type of help do I want to give? Who do I want to help? What am I best at? What do I like doing? Um, and essentially, what we're leading into here is what kind of problem can you solve for people? Because we're really in the problem-solving business here. People will pay to have a problem solved. And um, when we start thinking in this terms of what problem can I solve, that is going to really help to push your business forward. So again, this could be a specific one, like I'm going to help people with IBS, you know, eliminate their IBS. Um, it could be that specific and niched down. Or it could be, I want to take this really complex nutrition information and make it simplified. So you're solving a problem that you're taking, you know, let's say, for example, um, all of the new, the information out there about keto and paleo and intermittent fasting and all of these things, and you're breaking them down into an easy, digestible way for people. You're solving a problem. Um, and maybe you're writing a blog post or maybe you're um, educating on social media to get your point across, but you always have a theme behind what you're actually sharing with people. So again, getting clear on um, how you want to help and who you want to help, what kind of problem you can solve, and thinking in terms of um, kind of like an investigator, you know, um, people have problems out there, what can you really provide that's going to help them, um, you know, find a result or feel a little bit better? And then thirdly, I want you to start understanding what your unique selling point is. So unique selling point could mean you know, you specifically, maybe you're a really good listener, or maybe you are um, incredible at um, whipping, you know, 20 minutes or less meals together. So maybe that's your unique selling point is that you are going to help people um, whip up meals in no time at all, and they're going to feel like a whiz in the kitchen. Um, or maybe your unique selling point is your story. You know, you went through this crazy health story and that's really going to communicate to people, um, you know, how you know that where they are right now, you know, you've been there before and you really understand what they're going through. Another unique selling point could just be the way you're marketing yourself. Um, maybe you're branding yourself in a really standout way, um, in a way that people know that every time they see your posts, um, they know that it's you. So start thinking in terms of like, how can I do something in a unique way um, that's a little bit different, whether that's um, leveraging my skills or leveraging my story or taking something that's um, really natural to me and just amplifying it just a little bit. So that's more on like getting that clarity of like what you're going to offer. And again, I think that's really important before you start seeing clients is just getting clear on, you know, who am I? Um, who can I help? What can I do? What problem am I solving? You know, what am I good at? It's all those like, you know, who, what, when, where, why, and then the how, like getting clear on all of those things. Um, and then moving into the process of starting to set up your programs and setting up your pricing. So we need to have a program that we can offer to our clients. Um, so when you're first starting out, you know, you'll probably have a lot of friends or family um, come to you and say, yeah, I'd love to have a session. And right now you might be feeling like, I don't even know what to say to them. I don't know what to offer. I don't know what I could do. So um, I would highly suggest that you come up with a specific, you know, program. And we're going to talk about that in just a second in the next question. You know, what could this look like? But having something you can say to them, you know, this is what I'm offering and this is how much it costs. That's going to be a 
great starting place so that instead of losing these potential customers, you have something there, some kind of foundation to offer them when they're asking you about consultations. Um, Another thing you can do to get started is set yourself up with a client management platform. And what this is going to help you do is schedule the client in. So they want they request a session. You have um, all of your appoint, appointment availability in a scheduler. They schedule themselves in and then they actually pay through this program as well. And I've mentioned this in a lot of previous episodes, but my favorite client management platforms are Practice Better. Um, that's kind of an all-in-one one that you can use, utilize, um, schedule your clients in, accept payment, and actually have a portal for your clients to um, utilize as well to get their um, all of their forms and check in with you. So it's kind of like the the uh, <laughs> Cadillac of of programs. And then um, the other ones I would recommend, if you're not going to go with Practice Better, could be Acuity Scheduling or Calendly. So both of those are going to be a scheduler and a payment system. But having some kind of thing that you can bring your clients through um, and have them, you know, book themselves in and pay is going to save you so much time and headaches um, of you trying to do that and get a hold of people and give them multiple dates. So that's one essential thing I would really recommend getting um, started with in the beginning. And then the last thing is um, with where to get started, you know, get start getting active rather, uh, um, sorry, either online or in person. So online, this could look like being on social media, Facebook, Instagram, um, you know, trying to be as consistent as possible, set, setting yourself up with a schedule of maybe getting online, um, you know, once a day, if that's possible, or uh, three times a week, whatever it is, you know, create that realistic schedule for yourself and stick to it and be as consistent as possible. Um, you can also join Facebook groups, you can, um, you can uh, attend webinars, you can, um, yeah, just any way you can connect with people in an online way. Um, and stay kind of top of mind for people is going to be really helpful. And then also um, getting active in person. So this could look like networking events. This could look like going to, uh, if like industry leaders are having events, you can go and attend them. You can go to different health food stores. You can go to places that your potential clients might be and just start, you know, being in these areas, talking to people, um, creating relationships um, with people in the industry and with people that aren't in the industry, because even people in nutrition industry might be able to refer clients your way um, at some point. So again, just being active, putting your name out there, um, being in attendance of certain things um, is going to show that initiative and really going to help you create those relationships that could lead to potential referrals down the line. So the next question I got was, what kind of packages can I offer? So I talked about this before, kind of the basic, where do I start getting clear on what kind of programs or packages you can offer? So number one thing that I'm going to reiterate is that if you can create a package or a program that solves a specific problem, you're going to be way ahead of the game. So again, this might look like instead of just saying, I help you know, I can help with any health or wellness problem. Um, this is saying I help specifically, you know, help to eliminate your IBS, you're solving a specific problem. Um, so that's a really great way to do that. If you already know how you can help people or what you want to help them with. If you're not in this place yet, um, I would still recommend that you 
follow along with what I'm going to say um, and not offer one-off consultations. So I, I'm a really big proponent of doing um, session packages, either in groups of sessions or in monthly um, packages, because a one-off session, although it's a lower cost offering for people, um, it's not going to actually help them move the needle um, towards their health goals in the way that we want them to. Because we're in this for the long run with people, we want them to make real changes. And if we only do a one-off consultation or one-off session with them, it's not really helping them to um, implement change. That would be like um, going to the natural path once and getting all the information and never going again and just assuming that we're 100% better. Um, that's not always the case. Sure, you might, might get one or two clients that are super motivated and self-accountable and need to only come in once um, and never need to see you again. But for the most part, a lot of people need help with staying um, accountable to their goals, staying motivated, getting extra support when things go wrong or when they need adjustments to their plan. So um, offering a longer term, um, either group of sessions or monthly package is probably the way to go. So what this looks like is you could, again, offer a group of sessions. So this could be like you offer a group of two sessions or four sessions or six sessions, and then you price each one. For example, a group of two sessions could look like um, an initial session that's a bit longer where you're going over intake forms and you're learning a lot about the client. And then maybe the second session is you're delivering the health plan and you are um, talking about goals for the future with them and really getting them clear on what next steps to take. Uh, a four session package could be an initial session, a follow up where you're talking about the health plan, and then two follow ups where you're just checking in with them, adjusting the plan, and really seeing um, where they need more support. So again, you're not just offering one off session, you're saying, you know, you can sign up for a two package for six um, group sessions. And that's really going to be helpful in terms of helping people be more accountable to themselves and actually reach their health goals. The other way to approach this, instead of doing it groups of sessions, you could do monthly packages. So this could look like a one-month package, a three-month package, a six-month package, and um, you know, offering a certain amount of sessions within that month or three-month or six-month period of time. This is how I worked it in my business. I found that the majority of my clients were signing up for three-month packages, um, or they would sign up for a one-month package and quickly see at the end of one month that they could really um, utilize more help and more assistance, so they would upgrade to a three-month package. And this is how my practice really grew, was um, offering three-month packages, and this is actually how I help my own one-on-one -on -one clients and my Launch Your Nutrition Biz group program clients set up their business business is in this monthly package format um, because that way we can really under we can really help people in a certain time frame and we can get clear on how many clients we need to come in on a monthly basis in order to reach our financial goals because when you're offering just one-off session after one-off session you really have no idea how much money um, you could be making for the month you'd have to see a ton of one-on-one -on -one clients in a one-off um, session way in order to make, you know, two, three, four thousand dollars in your business. So when we're offering a monthly package, we can um, set the price a little bit higher and we can anticipate how many clients we need in order to reach our monthly financial goal. 
Um, there's two different, well, there's many different ways you could offer packages, but the two I'm going to um, cover right now are one-on-one -on -one consulting. So this would be that you meet one-on-one -on -one with a client, either in person, maybe at an office space, um, uh, maybe you meet over the phone, or like I do online through um, Zoom, which is a video conferencing software, and I meet one-on-one -on -one with my clients in that type of format. Um, this could look like a 30-minute call or a 60-minute call. It really depends how in-depth you need to go with your client, um, but I find for my sessions, usually between 30 to 60 minutes is kind of that sweet spot for how much time you need to really um, talk about where they're at, where they need support, and kind of um, tweak any of the plan and see if they need any additional support moving forward. So that's that one-on-one -on -one method, and you get to go really in-depth with the clients in a one-on-one -on -one model. The next kind of model is group um, programs or group consulting, which would mean that essentially you maybe have five people coming in at one time, um, maybe in person or over um, something like Zoom video conferencing. Again, you can have like five people join the call. And what you would do is you might have a topic you're covering for that session, or perhaps you're just opening the table to let them ask you any specific health questions that they have. This is how it works in my Launch Your Nutrition Biz group program. Everybody comes to the call and, with their own questions, and I just go through everyone and help them in more like a one-on-one -on -one model in a group format. So that's possible for you as well. It really depends um, how you work best, but uh, my advice would be that start with the one-on-one -on -one model, even just running a few one-on-one -on -one clients before you move to the group model, because the group model, you're now, um, you now have a lot of different personalities and a lot of different concerns. And it's a very different way of working with people because you have to um, really split your time and understand how to balance everything and really um, understand how you can help people in this format, um, which is quite different from the one-on-one -on -one model. So um, number one, I would ask yourself, you know, how do you work best? Number two, you know, what's your past experiences? Are you more of that one-on-one -on -one type of person? Do you do better in groups? Um, do you have experience working in group settings? Um, and then number three, I would set yourself a timeline. Um, if you wanted to move into group programs, start with one-on-one -on -one and maybe say, you know, after I have X amount of clients, maybe it's 10 clients, I'll start a group um, or by, you know, this time, in six months or next year, I will um, move into a group format. So however you want to do it um, is great, but I do highly suggest trying to get that one-on-one -on -one, um, exposure first before starting the group. And again, if you can eliminate that one-off session and either do groups of sessions or monthly packages, this is really, really going to help you um, retain more clients and make a little bit more money. And then if you can solve a specific problem in what you're offering, um, you can also charge a little bit more and you're going to be more desirable for people who want to work with you. Number three question is, do I need to have the specifics figured out for all of my programs? So what I think this question means is, um, you know, once you have your, let's say, three-month program set up, um, and let's just assume it is going to be um, to help people with IBS, by the way, that's always my example if you haven't, if you haven't um, caught on to that yet. Um, so if you have any other examples I can ever use, let me know. But uh, let's just say it's a three-month IBS program. What this person is asking is, do I need to know, you know, week by week, step by step, what exactly it is I'm doing with these people in three months or with this person in three months? So 
I kind of have two answers to this. Um, yes and no. Um, the yes is that we do want to have some kind of brief outline, maybe where we're actually just coming up with, you know, what are those core topics or themes that I'm going to bring people through? So for example, if it is the IBS program in three months, you know, I might want to cover digestion as one topic. I might want to cover lifestyle and stress. I might want to cover, um, what else could you cover? Um, just nutrition in general. So those, those are kind of core themes or topics. And how can I maybe spread those out throughout the three months to actually not overwhelm the person right at the start, but make it so it's like um, more spread out, more doable for them over time. Um, so coming up with a brief outline, maybe this is month one, we're going to cover this, month two, this, month three, this. Um, or maybe it's in the first week. You could do a weekly breakdown if you want, and it could be week one, we're going to, you know, cover um, how to cut out processed foods, and I'm going to give them one goal. In week two, I'm going to talk all about water and give them expectations for how much water to drink, and I'm going to give them a goal. And you could really break it down weekly if that's going to be helpful for you. But what I want you to remember is that although you could have week by week by week set up um, for what you want to bring your clients through, you still need to remember that things are going to come up, client um, challenges are going to come up, client um, obstacles are going to come up, and we need to know how to change the direction of what we thought we were going to do with the client if we need to move in a di different direction. And we need to remember to go with the flow of what the client actually needs. Um, because really they are in the driver's seat for, um, knowing, you know, how, uh, fast or slow they need to go. That being said, um, we need to be there to really hold them accountable. But at the same time, if they are constantly saying, you know, I'm overwhelmed with too many things, we need to, from the uh, practitioner standpoint, we need to then scale things back and actually um, make things more achievable for them. So that's what I mean by we could have everything set up week by week by week what we want them to do. But if that's too much for them, you know, we as a practitioner need to really evaluate this and scale things back or change their direction or ask the client what they need um, and, you know, figure things out from there. So my answer to that question is, um, do I need to have the specifics figured all figured out? Um, yes, you know, have a brief outline, you know, do as much detail as you need. But in my experience, no, um, not completely, because things are going to come up and things are going to change. So um, do your best, but don't overwhelm yourself with needing to spend, you know, a month or two writing down, you know, all of the potential things that might come up in a coaching package and trying to have an answer because you're really going to have to learn how to um, fly by the seat of your pants and go with the flow and um, really navigate challenges or navigate questions as they come up. And I must say here um, that if a client asks you a question um, about a topic that you don't know the answer to, it's okay to say that you don't know. Please like drill this into your head because I hear this all the time of people having fear that, well, what happens if I don't know the answer? Um, and then they don't even want to run a consultation because they're scared. And I totally get this. I've been there. I was scared too. Um, but I'll fill you in on a secret. 
um, out of the, you know, multiple clients that I worked with, maybe one or two asked me a question I didn't really know the answer to. And I would just say, you know what, that's a great question. Um, I'm not sure of the answer. So let me find out for you. And then the key here is to actually find out, do the research and get back to them with the answer. So they feel valued and validated. And that's a really good way to approach this. But I'm, I wanted to point that out because if you are sitting there trying to write down every detail for your program um, in hopes that you're never going to encounter someone asking you something you don't know, I just want to take that pressure off of you and remind you that it's okay to say you don't know. It's okay to get back to people. It's okay not to be the expert on every single topic because this is a learning experience and you're just going to gain more knowledge as you go. So um Do your best with writing down all your program information. A brief outline would do. Um, If you're a planner, plan more out. If you're fly by the seat of your pants type of person, you know, an outline should do. But it's really up to you. The key here is to not get overwhelmed with it and, um, you know, to create as much as you can and then to move on from there. Uh, So the next question is, what is the difference between consulting and coaching? I love this one because I think these two terms can be um, used interchangeably so much and we're like, oh, a consultant or a coach or a practitioner, Um, you know, what is it, sorry, what is it exactly that we're doing? So I just want to give you kind of um, the difference between a consultant and a coach. A consultant is considered an expert on a subject. They solve a specific problem and they're the leader of a project right? So you might get like a tech consultant coming in for this big tech project, and they're leading everybody in the office towards the um, solving a specific tech problem, right? They're leading that project. Um, So again, it's like somebody that's an expert or specializes on one topic or subject, where a coach um, is more in letting the client be in the driver's seat. They're supporting the client in achieving their goals, They're really letting the client lead. Um, They're facilitating growth for the client. And they're really focusing on goals. So they're very goal-centered. So what I would say is, you know, if someone was to ask me, you know, are we a consultant or are we a coach? You know, what am I as a nutritionist? Um, I think we, a lot of us learn in the consultant model where we're like taught to be um, an expert on X subject. And I 100% agree with, you know, like I've said, you know, getting clear on who you can help and what your niche is. But we also need to remember that we need to um, cultivate a coaching relationship with our client as well. So these two go real, really hand in hand, consultant and coaching. You're going to be the expert on a subject. You're going to help them to lead them to um, their end goal, but you're going to coach them in the process to get there. So what this could look like, again, if we're using IBS as the as the topic, um, you're an expert on IBS, you're going to help them get rid of their bloating, get rid of their gas, you're going to help them um, stabilize their digestive system, um, you're going to help them populate their microbiome with all these uh, really good bacteria, so on and so forth. And that's the consultant role. You know, you're creating the health plan, you're creating all the data for them, the research, giving them handouts. That's the consultant. And then when we're working in more of like a monthly um, 
you know, session or group session package with our clients where we're seeing them multiple times, this is when we move into more of the coaching role. So we've been the consultant, we've given them all the data, all the information, and now we're going to coach them to see what's working for them, what's not working for them, what needs to change, uh, what goals they want to put in place, what obstacles are in place. And we're just now riding the waves with them. We're with them by their side, helping them lead. So we are there motivating and keeping them accountable, but they're leading the experience. You know, what are their needs? What's their journey looking like? And we're there just helping them through that process. So again, we're that combination of consultant and coach. And I think a lot of us come in just being a consultant um, and just being an expert, but not having the skill set to actually help them implement things, which I think can um, hurt a lot of clients if they don't have that implementation or that support um, to implement. And then I see a lot of people just coming in with coaching and just being there as the cheerleader um, and just helping the client lead the way. And not that I'm not trying to say anyone is wrong just to do one, but the best results will be when you merge the two together, when you are the consultant and the coach, and you're really nourishing the client from every angle. You're showing them the um, expertise on a subject. You're being that authority. You're being that teacher, and you're coaching them through all of the obstacles. That is like the perfect. Um, I don't know why I thought of like butter, like melting pot of butter. It's like, mm, it's like warm. You feel good. You're helping people. <laughs> don't know if that makes any sense to you guys. But basically for me, I just see it as like that perfect kind of like combination where you're really, really helping that person and they feel so loved and cared for and they feel like they're getting results and they love working with you, which in the end is going to mean referrals. Um, so great question. You know, what's the difference between a cons um, consulting and coaching? I love that one. Again, I think that they really merge together. So if you're out there wondering, um, you know, am I more of a consultant or a coach? You know, start asking yourself questions how you can bring the two together and really offer a balance of both. Okay, I know we're going through a lot here, you guys. You're doing great so far. <laughs> we have a few questions left. Um, the next one is, how else can I make money outside of consulting, you know, one-on-one -on -one or in a group program format? So I have a lot of different ideas for you guys. And as a quick background, you know, I did a lot of one-on-one -on -one consulting in my nutrition practice, but I also did a lot of workshops and corporate wellness workshops, lunch and learns. Um, I did a bit of private chefing and meal prepping um, and some, you know, affiliations with other companies in the industry. So that made up a large portion of my um, business and how I was making money. And then I saw clients one-on-one. -on -one. So let me break this down for you. Um, number one, you could do meal planning and prepping. So you could do more of a culinary aspect with clients where you're getting um, maybe in their kitchen with them, showing them how to meal prep on a Sunday, um, showing them how to plan out their actual meal plan, like coming up with a, a template and sitting down with them and bringing out cookbooks and showing them how to do that. Um, you could also add in things like um, pantry clean out if you wanted, you know, helping them organize their kitchen. You could do a service where you're going to the grocery store with them and doing like grocery shopping with them. So maybe that's a one off session. That's maybe the one time I would say one off session where you're teaching them at a grocery store how to shop the aisles, how to read the labels and all of that stuff. 
And that could be more of, again, that culinary extension where you're not doing one-on-one consulting more in like a solving a specific, you know, health problem, but teaching them real life skills to use every single day. So meal prepping and planning, um, even menu consulting. So maybe you could consult for restaurants in your area that want to go more plant-based or more maybe special diet or health focused. You could come up with um, maybe smoothie recipes or uh, macro bowls or something like that and consult with um, different people. And I know that's becoming a really big thing now. I've seen people, friends of mine in the industry actually um, now work with companies and consulting on their menu. So it is a definite possibility if that's something you're interested in. I would just recommend you really cultivate some really strong relationships with people in the industry, um, going out to networking events, meeting people, asking for coffee dates and creating those relationships um, before writing a cold email and saying, hi, I'm a nutritionist. I'd love to change your menu. That might not come off as good as creating that relationship first and getting yourself to the point where they trust you and you are an authority and they feel um, confident around you and then breaching the subject of would this be something your business is interested in doing. So we're always about cultivating that relationship first um, and then, you know, kind of asking for that sale or asking for that opportunity next. Um, private chefing is another idea. I've done this before where I've gone into people's homes and actually done a whole meal plan and prepped a whole, sorry, prepped a whole meal or weeks of meals for them, put it in their fridge, and then they have accessible meals. This is a great opportunity as well. If you're again, more on that culinary or chef side and you feel really confident in the kitchen. Um, Now moving from culinary, another way to actually bring in money outside of consulting would be running workshops. This could be at health food stores, community centers, at schools. I know in the past I've run workshops at yeah health food stores um, when I was living in Edmonton through the city of Edmonton, through the school board, um, corporate wellness workshops or lunch and learns. You might hear it called that as well. That's a big opportunity. Um, I found in my own business that running corporate wellness workshops or lunch and learns, you can actually charge a little bit more, um, especially depending how many employees are coming out to the event. So it will really depend. um, But I my experience is doing corporate wellness, you can make a little bit more money. We're doing um, workshops through schools or community centers. Um, It's a little bit lower on the um, on the cost or financial scale. But it's still a really great opportunity to give back to your community and develop relationships. So there's a place for everything. It just depends on your goals and what you really want to offer. Um, What else you could do is um, connect yourself with a supplement company. Um, So you could work for um, any of the leading supplement companies and be a trainer. You could train other professionals at health food stores. Um, You could become like an affiliate with that supplement company. So maybe you're recommending those supplements online if you have a social media account and you're getting um, some type of affiliate fee or sponsorship fee for talking about that company. You could even be a demo person. I know back in the day I did demoing for Manitoba Harvest, which is a hemp seed uh, company here in Canada. And I would go into different health food stores and be the person there with the table and saying, hi, would you like a sample of um, the hemp seeds or the hemp seed bar or hemp seed milk? (laughs) And um, Manitoba Harvest was great. They actually let me uh, promote my holistic nutrition services while I was demoing. So for me, that was a really big win because I was doing something I love being paid really well to do it 
and was also able to recommend my own business. So um, it was working towards a bigger goal. Um, another thing you could consider doing is working at a health food store. So this is something I did at the beginning is I worked at a, a local health food store for about six to eight months after I graduated and learned a ton about supplements. Um, a lot of the time you're probably being paid minimum wage and working at a health food store, but it's a great way to learn so much about the industry. There's a lot of extra trainings, a lot of education there. Um, and in some health food store scenarios, you're also able to promote that you're a nutritionist and bringing on clients um, or running workshops or whatever it is that you want to do. And if you work at a health food store, a lot of health food stores have um, little kitchens or little workshop spaces where they may also let you run workshops there for the customers. So it's kind of a win-win in that way as well. Um, some other ways to uh, support your nutrition business outside of consulting could be writing blogs. Um, so really like monetizing a blog, you know, being consistent with it. Um, again, maybe promoting certain brands or supplement companies, doing sponsored posts, educating on different topics, and um, essentially being paid to be a writer. So um, this might take a lot more time uh, for you to develop that skill and that readership where, you know, you have enough people reading that other companies want to actually pay you to promote certain things um, or sponsor your blog posts. But there's potential there. Same with writing like recipe blog or something like that. And then there's always health research. So you could do maybe research for supplement companies or different companies in the industry, maybe different organizations that need a nutritionist um, input. Um, you could do that. There is many opportunities you could work in a school setting, as a teacher, as an educator, um, many, many different ways. I'm not even covering all of the ways. Um, I just really touched the surface with this. But there are so many ways to make money outside of consulting one-on-one. -on -one. Um, I would say that Again, like I said earlier, one-on-one -on -one was a percentage of what I did and all of this other stuff was just as big of a portion of my business. So it's more than possible to do nutrition um, and have this as a business outside of one-on-one -on -one or group um, nutrition health consulting. Um, the next question is how do I network and gain referrals? So, you know, why is networking important and how does this, you know, how does this actually move the needle forward for me and my business? So um, number one, I will say that networking is very important. I networked like a mad woman when I first graduated. Um, I was a little slow off the get-go, you know, more just meeting people in the industry front and making friends. I was working at a health food store, so I was meeting people there that were also in the industry. And then at one point, I started realizing that I needed a community around me um, that was also going through the startup phase. So um, myself and a few other people who are living in Edmonton in the nutrition industry actually started a networking group for nutritionists. And we would have, um, I, I can't remember if we were doing weekly or monthly meetings. But we would have these consistent meetings and we'd have at the beginning, we were having 30 or 40 nutritionists coming out to these events. And we were all learning a lot about each other. We were learning um, about each other's businesses. And I found that I met a lot of people who I could refer clients to that weren't the best fit for me. And then people in that industry, sorry, people there who learned about me and what I offered could refer out to me. 
And what actually happened for me personally is that I, um, through all of this networking and through some events that I went to, I met somebody um, that was running a very successful nutrition business, but was stepping down from seeing clients to run her blog portion of her business. And um, what we actually did was work out a referral system where I came in and took over a high percentage of her one-on-one clients and paid her a referral fee. So what I really did here is through networking and meeting these key people, I met somebody who was running the successful business, but wanted to step down, I came in and um, created a really strong uh, client network um, because of this person and paid a referral fee to this person, um, because this person had taken so much time to build up their business. So That is a huge potential. I highly recommend going to networking events um, in person if you can um, uh, in your industry. So meeting other nutritionists, other health professionals, so you can refer out or be referred to. And then don't forget about this. Also attend some networking events outside of your industry. So more where your potential clients could be going. Maybe this is... um, a networking event like um, here in Canada, we have like Chamber of Commerce where you can go and there's people like realtors and there's people in um, the government and like all of these different um, different industries come together in one group. And that's a way to diversify yourself, meet people from different industries, get your name out there and potentially meet new clients. So I would um, choose, you know, Don't go crazy with the networking events because number one, they can be expensive. Number two, they can take a lot of your time. So you might be feeling burnt out. And if you're like me and you're an introverted extrovert, you know, you love the idea of going and then you go and then you need a day to recover. um, Don't sign yourself up for too many. Try one or two out um, and see how you feel going into an in-person networking event. But what I would suggest doing is picking one um, industry networking event to go to. So that could be like another or sorry, an event with other nutritionists and then picking an event outside of your industry um, that you could attend. So this could be a chamber meeting. This could be um, some other networking event. Maybe it's like a uh, for other businesses in your city, Um, even potentially maybe this is like an online event. So that's kind of the next thing I wanted to say is that. If you feel like in-person is not available to you, you can always um, cultivate that network system online. And what this could look like is being a part of specific Facebook groups, um, you know, cultivating those relationships, asking questions, answering questions, um, developing that relationship, and um, maybe even doing something like a Facebook or Instagram pod, which is a little different. Basically, this is like you create a group of people that are going to comment on your Facebook posts or your Instagram posts, but you do get that tight-knit group then. But there's a potential of that to create like a um, Facebook or Instagram pod or get into Facebook groups. Um, And then my other suggestion would be, you know, start emailing people in your industry. So, you know, email that a person who's really successful in their business in your same city. Email that person that um, you're like, is like your, uh, (laughs) I'm trying to think of the word, like, um, your idol, like that idol person in the industry, you're like, Oh my gosh, I love what they're doing. How are they doing that? Um, Start connecting with these people, send a friendly email, ask for a coffee date, ask if you can shadow them, you know, in their business, can I come in? Can I sit on in on a session? Or can I help you with your social media? Or can I help you in some way? And start to cultivate that relationship because that can lead to many different doors opening. And like I mentioned, you know, um, I worked with someone who 
sent me a lot of referrals and really, really, really grew my business. I'm indebted to her forever. She's, you know, helped me so much in my own business. Um, But I reached out to her to begin with, you know, we met at an event and then I reached out and created the relationship. So don't be shy to actually send people emails and create that um, relationship, whether it's in person or online. So um, I hope my take the takeaway here is yes, please do networking events. Um, But if you are more of a sensitive type person and an in person networking event doesn't feel right to you, um, maybe try one out. And again, if it's not good, you know, you don't have to go there, but then try to put more time and attention into cultivating online relationships and really getting to know people. Remembering that we're all people behind the computer. We all just want, you know, um, friendship and communication. So um, really approaching it that we're all real people and how can we really learn more and be interested in creating those relationships. Okay, last question that I got for the Q&A is how do I organize my client files? So I did a whole episode on client organization. This is episode 11. It's called staying organized in your biz. So I'm going to say that go listen to that episode if you really want to get some more clarity on like how to actually onboard your clients, create all your systems and have a really sound and organized business. But I'm going to give you three of my, I guess, favorite ways to organize your client files and organize your client system. I mentioned number one already, use a client management platform. So this could look like Practice Better or Acuity or Calendly, which I mentioned earlier. Um, These are going to be schedulers and payment systems that basically you're going to schedule your client in and you're going to have them pay. This is going to take so much admin time off of your end. So you don't have to go back and forth asking your client for specific dates and times that works for them. And you're also not going to have to have that dreaded in-person Um, conversation around payment when you're done the session okay um, now I need you to pay and then you choke up and maybe you don't ask and then now you're not paid (laughs) using a client management platform allows that to happen in a more professional way where um, it's just they're prompted before the session to pay and it's kind of that knowing thing that you know you schedule them in you have them pay and then they get access to your client forms um, and and then you do the session so that's kind of number one for keeping you know client management or client files organized number two um, more on the client file side um, use google drive So I use Google Drive for like everything. I upload my um, session recording. So every time I do a session on Zoom, I record it and I put it into Google Drive and I give my clients access to the recording. I put files in Google Drive and give, um, you know, just send the link to my clients so they can access certain files. Uh, My lead magnet or freebie is hosted in Google Drive and I just um, link that to my newsletter. I literally use Google Drive for everything and my trick is just to have folders that are clearly marked and put all of my different files in different folders. I believe Practice Better, the client management platform, has a either integration with Google Drive or they have place for you to sort out all of your files. So again, this is kind of that Cadillac or number one software to be using for your nutrition clients. And I'll make sure to link this all for you guys over at um, stephanielong.ca slash podcast slash episode 17. So you get all of this information. If you want to check out Practice Better, Acuity, uh, Calendly, I'll have that all there for you guys. 
Um, so the last thing I would suggest doing is having um, an online calendar that you use. I like using Google Calendar. And what I do is I make sure all of my client appointments are in there. Um, I color code them, any kind of admin work, I color code. Um, sometimes I'm batching my work days. And I've talked about this in previous episodes. So you know, um, Tuesdays, Thursdays, I work with clients, Wednesdays, I do the podcast, so on, so forth, I have color coding in my calendar to remind me what it is I need to do. Um, and this helps to keep me ultra organized. It's like my day planner, I used to carry around a day planner. And I am kind of type A, a little perfectionist. And my day planner would like, I'd have to make it perfect. I'd have the whiteout pen. And, you know, if someone canceled, I'd have to white it out, draw my lines again, make it look really nice. <laughs> and it was super stressful. So I moved it to Google Calendar. And it is my like place that I check every day. What clients do I have? What work do I need to do? And that really keeps me organized. So again, having a client management platform, um, using Google Drive or some kind of um, drive or Dropbox or something like that to host all of your files, and then using an online calendar to keep you um, scheduled and keep you organized. Okay, guys. Whew. Thank you so much. That was a lot. We covered seven different things there. Um, I love getting your guys' questions because I know sometimes we just have these one-off questions and we just need a, a resource to help answer it. So um, what I'd love for you to do is go on over to stephanielong.ca slash podcast slash episode 17. I'll have any links that I mentioned in this episode there for you. And I'll also have a Dropbox for you to actually send me questions that you have about your nutrition business. And I'm going to do a Q&A a part two, maybe in a few weeks or in a few months to actually answer those questions. So go ahead, head on over there, drop in your questions. Um, and I would love to connect with you guys. So please, 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 um, Follow me on Instagram, stephanielong.ca. You can also join the Next Level Nutrition Biz Facebook group. I would love for you to come into the group. We do trainings in there, lots of community support in there as well if you're looking for business support. And then lastly, um, I want to remind you that I am now opening enrollment for my Launch Your Nutrition Biz group program. It's happening in July. So depending when you're listening to this recording, it might have already happened. But the next program enrollment is happening in July, and I'm about to open doors for that. So if you'd like to learn more, go to stephanielong.ca slash group program. This is a 10 week hands on group program to help you uh, start and build your nutrition business from scratch. So I want you to get on the wait list, go on over again, stephanielong.ca slash group program to learn more information. And lastly, please share this episode, post it on social media, tag me in your posts, um, leave a review. I would love for you to let me know how you're liking the podcast. That really helps me out. So I know um, who's listening. I want to know who you are. And yeah, anytime you're sharing it, remember to tag me, stephanielong.ca. And I will talk to you guys later. Bye. Thanks for listening in. If you like this episode, feel free to leave us a review, share the episode with a friend, or take us on social media. Catch you next time.